Hello, everyone. Welcome to episode four of my brand new podcast, airing it out, Files from Leahy's Locker Room. And I hope you've enjoyed the uh, podcast so far. And I'm going to move on to my uh, fourth episode here. And uh, it's been a lot of great fun uh, recording and just uh, touching base with uh, my favorite topic of all, broadcasting. And again, we're just... uh, Kind of getting, just getting started, uh, to the tip of the iceberg here, if you will. And uh, we're going to have a very uh, fun show today. And uh, we're going to talk about uh, memory techniques, uh, ways to memorize when it comes to sports broadcasting. And I have a lot of experience in this because when I got my start back in uh, 1995, when I first started doing games at the high school level, um, my very first experiences doing games involved memorizing rosters, and I really uh, didn't have a choice. I had to be able to memorize because I was a one-man crew back then. Um, I was um, using a camcorder, a big camcorder from the uh, cable company. I had the camcorder um, perched up on my shoulder, and I had to do both. I had to do video, uh, video the game, uh, and also provide play-by-play. So I didn't have uh, a crew with me. I, I just had me, myself, and I. So uh, when you're filming the game, of course, uh, you can't uh, be looking down at papers at all. You, you have to have a good system for memorizing players. And um, it's a system that I, I learned about from a, a great book on the subject. It was written by a guy by the name of Harry Lorraine, who is an expert on memory training. This is a guy that uh, made himself famous by going on The Tonight Show with Johnny Carson. And he'd be able to be introduced, he was able to be introduced to uh, hundreds of people in the studio audience. And after just meeting them once, he, was, he would be able to recall each member's name of the audience after just being exposed to it once. And he wrote a, a lot of books on the subject. In fact, I think I own every single book that he ever wrote. And the system of memorizing that he details in the books really resonated with me. And I was able to use it to memorize entire football rosters. And uh, I still use it today. Uh, I'm not quite as uh, detailed as I am with it today as I was back then. Now I have a little bit more uh, leeway in terms of uh, player recognition, but I still use it. And... It is a system that I fell in love with, and that's what I'm going to be a part of. What I'm going to be sharing with you today, in episode number four, and I'll start before I get into that. I'll talk about the importance of pronunciations of player names. Now, there's a few different ways that broadcasters can uh, stay on top of pronunciations. One is it's a pretty common way, uh, in that you would write the name out phonetically. Now, in, at the college level, I know there are, in the game notes, many of them, there are uh, pronunciation guides in which the names are written out phonetically, syllable by syllable, and that's a huge help. And in addition to that, you have to know which syllable gets accented where. A lot of times it's it's obvious when you look at a name, but sometimes it isn't. And... Uh, The second way, really, a foolproof way of staying on top of pronunciations is just by asking the player. You know, I know at the high school level, 
when I did a lot of games back then, uh, I would just go up to players and, and ask them to uh, say their name for me. You can also record them saying the name until you get it down pat. Uh, so, you know, there's a few different tricks you can use. And, and really, you have to make pronunciation a priority. You know, you have to make sure you strive for 100% accuracy on pronunciations. If you don't pronounce a name correctly, you will hear about it. You know, you'll hear about it from the player's parents or fans or whatnot. Uh, it's happened to me before, and it's it's not something that I uh, really want to happen, want to see happen. So uh, I, I try to go the extra mile with pronunciations. I also talk to public address announcers at the stadiums uh, when we go on the road. These PA announcers have uh, pretty much day-to-day -day contact with these guys when they're at home, and they're an excellent source of information uh, in terms of uh, getting the pronunciations correct. So that's really the first step. You want to make sure you place an emphasis on pronunciations and get them right. Now, the system I'm going to talk about, and I'll explain it in detail, and uh, I think it's a fascinating uh, subject, and, you know, if you... If you enjoy the subject, I think it's going to be something that, that you'll be going back to time and time again if you're a play-by-play -play broadcaster. But uh, the memory system I use is known as the PEG system of memory. And uh, Harry Lorraine in his books talks about there's basically two types of uh, memory, the PEG system and the LINK system. Uh, the LINK system simply involves uh, linking items together in a chain one after the other so that one item reminds you of the next as you go down through the whole list. So uh, that's uh, a very important part of memory training. But the PEG system is is also uh, crucially important, and it's, this is the system I'll be talking about. It's the idea of, you know, if you tried to uh, hang a picture on a wall without any pegs, it would simply fall to the floor. And uh, the way that uh, system got its name is... Now uh, you're going to be making mental pegs in your mind to kind of um, keep things from getting away from you. I, I think that's kind of the best way to describe it. But it's called the peg system of memory. And uh, I'll also be talking, in addition to that, I'll also be talking about uh, a, a system with uh, substitute words and uh, how you go about linking uh, what we call the peg word to the picture. So it sounds complicated, but it really isn't. It's really child's play. So the peg system is based on a phonetic alphabet. Now, you begin by thinking about the nine digits from zero to nine, and that's all you'd ever uh, be working with in terms of memorizing a roster, for example. So when you think of the digits from zero to nine, uh, you want to picture... Uh, with each digit comes a, an associated consonant sound. Uh, and it's the sound that we're, we're interested in here. So, for example, I'll go through the numbers 0 to 9, and I'll tell you each sound uh, that is represented by each number. And this is important because it's going to all fall together uh, nicely. So the number 0, for example, is represented by the S or the Z sound like this, or z, you know, and uh, we're going to form peg words that are correspond to this phonetic alphabet. So first I'll run through the numbers. Zero is the S or the Z sound. Um, 
the number one is represented by the T or the D sound, like T or D, okay? Uh, the number two is represented by the letter N, the N sound, okay? Uh, the number three is represented by the consonant sound M, M. Uh, the number four is represented by the R sound, like, uh, you know, like the word ram, R. Uh, and it's, remember, it's only the consonant sounds that we're interested in. Uh, the number five is represented by the L sound. And number six is represented by the sound sh or ch, or like a soft C or a soft G. Um, the word jail, for example, that J sound is represented by the number six, that soft sort of sound, the J sound, uh, sh or ch or soft C or soft G. The seven, number seven is represented by the hard consonant sound, hard C, hard G, like the k in cat, you know. Uh, the number eight is represented by F or V, the f sound, and number nine is represented by the uh, letters P and B, like P and B. And so now, now that you know the sounds that correspond to each number, now you can uh, construct words that bring numbers to life. You know, when you think of a number, uh, it's very, very abstract. Numbers in and of themselves don't create a picture in your mind. But if you can develop words that do create an image in your mind that correspond to numbers, then that'll make it easy for you to uh, remember things that involve numbers. Now, in this system, vowels do not count. So the A, E, I, O, and U uh, do not count. The X doesn't count also. And the letters W, H, and Y. So think of the word Y. Uh, and uh, those letters don't count either. So, for example, using the uh, system that I just talked about, uh, you could take a number, for example, 71, and you could create a word uh, from those two numbers that is based on that phonetic alphabet I just described. So you remember I told you the number 7 is represented by the hard C or the hard G k sound. So if it's the number 71, we know that the word is going to begin with that sound. Okay, and then the number one, which is the second digit in that number, you remember I said that that's uh, represented by the T or the D sound. So, for example, remember I told you vowels don't count. So the word cat, for example, uh, could uh, represent the number 71. In fact, that is the what is known as the peg word that I have uh, to represent number 71. So each number from 0 to 99, you can develop a, a word, a peg word, if you will, that corresponds to that number. Now, the reason why that's important is because, remember I said numbers in and of themselves don't create an image in your mind, okay? But if, if you think of the word cat, which represents number 71, of course, uh, you can create a, an image of a cat, and you will know that cat represents number 71 because it corresponds uh, to our uh, phonetic alphabet here. Um, so another example is the number 48. Let's say I wanted to create a word based on my system here 
that will always represent number 48. Well, what's the consonant sound for four? Remember I said it was the letter R, the R sound. So we know that the word will start with the letter R. The letter eight, the number eight, I'm sorry, is represented by the letters F and V. So we know that the word has to start with an R and it has to end with the F or the V sound, the F or V. Well, the word roof uh, would work. That would represent number 48. And remember I said vowels do not count. So you've got the R and the F, the, the, the R and the F sound. And so 48 would uh, remind me of roof. And, you know, we, we can all picture what a roof looks like. Okay, so that's, that's how you get around that. That's how you uh, assign uh, peg words to numbers, which make numbers tangible. Now, the second thing that combines with this is... Uh, a concept known as substitute words. Now, if you think of a last name, some last names uh, immediately create an image in your mind. For example, the name Carpenter. Uh, if you, uh, everybody knows what a Carpenter is, and Carpenter is a pretty uh, common last name. So we can always uh, picture what a Carpenter uh, looks like. But there are some names out there that do not automatically uh, create a mental image in our mind. And it's those types of names that we have to create what's known as a substitute word. And the substitute word uh, will help bring the image uh, to mind. There are certain names, actually there's a lot of names out there that don't uh, uh, automatically create an image uh, in our mind. So uh, we would have to create some sort of mental picture uh, to uh, make that image uh, come to life. And uh, I'm talking about the, the names that are, that are not common at all. Like, you know, like I said, Carpenter. Baker is another one uh, that is very uh, common. You can picture what a baker is. But um, there, are, there are certain names, as I said, that do not uh, create that mental image. And that's where the substitute words... Uh, come in. And I'm just looking through my notes here and I'm uh, trying to find a name that uh, I can illustrate uh, how we would use uh, substitute words. Well, I'll, I'll start I'll start with the name Pearson. Okay? Uh, when you think of the name Pearson, uh, that doesn't immediately bring an image to mind. So what we have to do is we have to create an image in our mind that's going to bring that name uh, right into the forefront. So I can't visualize the name Pearson in and of its own, but when I make a mental picture out of it, okay, then I can visual, visualize it. So if I think of a pier, like the Santa Monica Pier, and the sun is beating down on it, or the sun falls on top of it, you know, the, the I've learn that the crazier you make a mental picture, the easier it is uh, to recall it. So when I think of the name Pearson, I think of, you know, a pier, and then the sun maybe uh, falling down on top of it. And uh, that, that is uh, sort of the concept of uh, substitute words. Uh, another name, as I'm looking through some of my rosters here, uh, we've got a name uh, called Koopman. You know, and again, uh, Koopman doesn't immediately bring a, a picture to mind, but 
you know, I would think of a, a big gigantic chicken coop and a man running in and out of it and uh, blowing up the chicken coop. You know, you have to get sort of these graphic images in there um, to uh, kind of bring the point home. There's another name, uh, Engelbert. You know, I see the name Engelbert. That's not a common name, but, you know, I, I think of a singer like Engelbert Humperdinck. Uh, for, uh, those of you who are old enough to uh, remember uh, Engelbert Humperdinck. So uh, this is uh, just another example of, of how we can use uh, substitute words. Uh, there's another name, for example, Kesselring. That's a name that I've come across in college hockey. Now, Kesselring, when I first hear it, uh, you know, I, it doesn't create an image for me. But then, if I think of a castle and uh, a million phones are ringing inside the castle, castle ring, it's close enough to castle ring. So you see what I'm doing here. I'm making mental images out of words, names that are not um, easily uh, remembered. So that's, uh, that's kind of how we use substitute words. So there's common names, there's uncommon names, and uh, so that's how that works. So, you know, how do we link all this together? Well, I'm gonna show you my system for putting numbers uh, with names and uh, how I would go about uh, remembering uh, names and numbers. So I'll start with, uh, I'm looking at Northeastern's roster right now, Northeastern's college hockey roster. And I see a player by the name of Tyler Madden. Well, how would I go about uh, remembering uh, that name? So I start with the number nine. So the first thing we got to do is we have to start by transposing the number nine into one of those peg words uh, that I talked about earlier. Remember the phonetic alphabet? Well, the number nine is represented by the P or the B sound. So I need a word that will immediately bring that number nine to my mind based on the phonetic alphabet. Well, the, the word B, B-E-E, -E, is the word I use for number nine based on our phonetic alphabet. Now we can picture what a B is. Anybody who's been stung by a bee uh, knows what I'm talking about here. So now there's three pieces of information, you, three different pieces of information you have, and then you have to link them together. So the first one is the number. So we think of the number based on the phonetic alphabet, and we think of our peg word for number nine, which is B. Now, the next piece of information is the first name. The first name is Tyler. Now, there's a couple of different ways you can, you can go with that. You can think of a substitute word for the first name, just like we did for the last name. That's one way of doing it. But what I try and do is when I see a first name, the first thing that I think about is I think of, do I know someone that has that first name? And if I do, uh, then I'll get that person's image into my mind, into my uh, associating, if you will. And, you know, that makes it uh, more real for me if I, if I uh, use someone uh, that I know. So the picture becomes a little more clear. Now, I don't know too many people named Tyler, but for this example, I'll use um, the name of a former New England Patriot Hall of Famer, who was a cornerback, uh, Ty Law, who used to play here. Well, Ty Law sounds like Tyler. Uh, your, your memory... Uh, will be able to tell the difference. Your true memory will be able to tell the difference. So 
I'll use, uh, I'll use Ty Law uh, in this example to represent the name Tyler. The last name is Madden. And again, uh, you know, it doesn't, that name doesn't automatically bring uh, an image into my mind. But if I break the word up into mad and den, you know, if you're, if you're in your den and you're mad about something, well, that, uh, that might uh, do it. So in this case, what I would do is I would picture, in this case, Ty Law of the Patriots, and he gets stung by a million bees. You remember B is my peg word for the number nine, which is his uniform number. So all these bees, millions of bees, are stinging Ty Law in his den, and he's getting mad that he's being stung by these bees. And if you stop and make the picture in your mind for a split second, you know, if you really see the picture in your mind's eye, that's the key. See the picture in your mind's eye. Uh, then uh, it will stick with you. And we remember, unfortunately, we remember all the, the things that that uh, include violence and movement and, you know, bloodshed. Those are the things, unfortunately, that stick out. So if you can picture in your mind a tie law of the Patriots... Uh, being stung in his den by a million bees and then getting very mad about it, that will link it all together. So in the, to check it, just go back and think of a bee. You know, think of the insect, the bee. What does that remind you of? That reminds you of Ty Law getting stung in his den by a million bees. So you will know that nine is Tyler Madden. You see how this all kind of... Uh, kind of uh, gets pulled together. And uh, I hope that made sense. I'm going, to, uh, I'm going to take another name just to kind of give you an example. I used the substitute word method uh, in that example, but I'll try to find a name. Okay, here's a name. I'm on the UMass roster right now. And uh, there's a player by the name of Ty Farmer. And... Uh, Again, there's that first name of Ty again. I should probably pick uh, one that is uh, different. Okay, here's one. All right, I'm still on the UMass uh, roster here. And I've got a name by the name of Eric Faith. F-A-I-T-H. And uh, we are going to use the system here to try to memorize that name. So... Eric Faith's number is 28, okay? So I need a peg word that corresponds to the number 28 based on those consonant sounds I told you earlier. So for the number 2, you break the number into two digits, the 2 and the 8. The 2, you remember, is the N sound, okay? So the word has to start with that N sound. The second number is number 8, and that is represented by the F or the V sound. So what my peg word for number 28, based on those consonant uh, sounds, is the word knife. Okay, now, of course, knife is spelled K-N-I-F-E. But again, remember, we're only interested in the sounds. So that first K is silent, so that is irrelevant in our system here. So my word for 28 is knife. Okay, so now we have three pieces of information we have to quickly visualize uh, these three pieces of information. And, and it, it, by the way, it, it, it takes a lot longer for me to explain this system than it does to actually use it. Once you get the hang of it, 
it just be, becomes second nature. It becomes so quick that you don't even think about it. It's taking a while because I'm explaining it, but when you actually use the system, it's, it's very quick. So, all right, so we've determined that uh, we've got our peg word for number 28, okay? Uh, we've got the N sound that represents the number two, and we've got the F or the V sound that represents the number eight. So based on that, we've got my peg word, which is knife. Okay, we all know what a knife looks like. We can picture that in our mind. So we've just made the number 28 uh, a tangible image. Okay, now let's look at the first name, Eric. Okay, now I happen to have a very good friend whose name is Eric. Okay, so he's a guy I've worked with for many years in all kinds of different sports ventures. So I'm going to use him in my mental picture. So, and then uh, we have the word faith. Now the word faith uh, does not create a specific concrete image in our mind, but it's kind of an abstract term. So when I see the name faith, what comes to mind? Well, I think of a church when I see the name faith. And so faith uh, it can kind of be represented by a church. So now you've got three pieces of information. You've got the knife, which represents uh, the number 28 in our PEG system. We've got the name Eric and the person that I use to represent Eric, and then a church. So you've got a knife, you've got Eric, and you've got a church. So now you just put those three items together and you associate it. So you could picture my friend Eric uh, walking into a uh, church with a bunch of knives, you know, and uh, he threatens people with the knives, you know. Now, obviously, this is something that, you know, would would never happen, but I'm just using this as an illustration uh, to kind of link uh, the names together. Or you could picture uh, my friend, a better example is you could picture maybe my friend Eric with a carving station inside a church. The people are there for their religious service, and my friend Eric is uh, you know, carving up meat with a knife uh, to feed people in the church. Okay, so that's uh, kind of uh, the way I would go about uh, memorizing Eric Faith. So, again, it's uh, the first step is learning the uh, alphabet, the phonetic alphabet. And again, I'll repeat it. The number zero is represented by the S or the Z sound. Okay, the number one is represented by the T or the D sound, T or D. So, for example, the word tie, like a necktie, would represent number one. Okay, and don't forget the vowels are uh, non-existent in this system. The number two is represented by N, by the uh, letter N. So, for example, I just... Uh, uh, Mentioned that uh, for for number two, for example, I use the word Noah for strictly the number two, like Noah's Ark, a picture of an ark. Remember the vowels are uh, non-existent, so the O doesn't matter, the A doesn't matter, the H is uh, silent, so uh, that's number two. Number three is M, you know, the uh, letter M and the M sound. And I think of, for example, for the number three, I think of Ma, M-A, my own mother, for example. And uh, number four is R. I think of, uh, for the number four, you could use rye, like rye bread, or the alcoholic drink, rye. All right, number five is L, the L sound. So for example, law 
LAW could represent number five. You could picture, get an image of a policeman. Uh, that would uh, represent the word law. Number six is that sh or ch or soft C or soft G. Uh, shoe is an example of a word you could use for number six. You have the sh sound and then the two vowels. Okay, number seven is hard C or the hard G. Cow, for example. Uh, would uh, be a word that could represent number seven. You've got the k sound and then the two, uh, the vowel and then the w. Remember, w-h-y doesn't count in this system. You've got number eight, which is the f or the v sound. And uh, ivy is a word that I use, for example, to represent number eight. You've got the vowel, the y at the end, and the v sound. So ivy for number eight. And then, of course, number nine, the p or the b. And, uh, yeah, the P or B sound, and uh, my word for number nine, as I mentioned earlier, is B, like the insect B. And then you can, you know, develop words based on two-digit numbers. For example, 34, you have number three is the M sound, number four is the R sound. So you have to find a word that corresponds to those two sounds. Mower is my word for 34, okay, uh, like a lawnmower, okay. So you have the M and the R, everything else uh, is uh, non-existent. So uh, that's how I go about uh, memorizing uh, names and numbers. And of course, you can do this for any aspect of, of uh, life. But uh, for broadcasting, there is a, uh, a certain uh, a way that I've been able to have success in memorizing things. And, and this is... This is really a foolproof idea. Again, it was developed by Harry Lorraine. I don't take credit for it. Harry wrote a book back in uh, 1957 called How to Develop a Superpower Memory. And this is where he initially started uh, talking about his system. If you uh, have a chance to pick up his books, uh, they're wonderful. And uh, I highly recommend them. I'll give you one last example on memorizing uh, names with this system. Um, UMass has another player on their team called Reed Lebster. He wears number 13. Okay, so how would I uh, go about memorizing that name? Well, 13, okay, we've got a 1 and a 3, right? So we've got to find a word that corresponds to that number based on our phonetic alphabet. You remember I said number 1 is the T or the D sound. So the our peg word has to start with T or D, okay? And the number 3 is the M sound. So it's got to end with M. Okay, my peg word for 13 is tomb. Okay, like uh, something you'd see in a cemetery, a tomb. So I'm going to get uh, a graveyard into my uh, association here. Then you take a look at the first name. Uh, the first name is Reed. Now, I haven't met too many people named Reed. I knew a Reed back in the, my baseball days. I could use him. Or I could use uh, Robert Reed, who was the father in the old uh, TV show, The Brady Bunch. So I'll, for uh, purposes of clarity, uh, I'll use uh, Robert Reed. So you've got a tomb. You've got Robert Reed of The Brady Bunch. And then the last name is Lebster. Well, what do I think of when I uh, think of the name Lebster? Well, I think of a lobster. Okay, it sounds very close uh, to the name Lebster. And uh, that's the first thing that popped into my mind. So I would picture Robert Reed driving through a cemetery, uh, 
next to all these tombs and he gets attacked by lobsters. Okay, that should be that should be uh, good enough. And maybe he gets killed by the lobster and he winds up getting entombed in the cemetery. I know this kind of sounds kind of kind of graphic and kind of uh, uh, off the wall, but trust me, it's those graphic and off the wall things that we have a tendency to remember uh, more uh, readily than uh, things we don't make those crazy associations for. So, I mean, if you if you just think of, for example, a sheet of paper sitting next to an airplane, you won't remember it. It's not it's not uh, outlandish enough. It's the outlandish things that you that you we tend to remember. So again, the most important thing is to get. Uh, that mental picture into your mind's eye. Even, you know, if it, it only takes a, a split second, a few seconds to uh, kind of lock that memory in, if you will. But uh, that is how I go about memorizing uh, numbers and names. Again, if, if it's a name like Baker or Carpenter, uh, those are uh, the types of names that you don't have to make up a substitute name for. Um, they will automatically register in your mind. But if you uh, come across a name that you don't uh, recognize, uh, you know, you'll have to make a mental picture for it. I see a name called Nicholas Wild Goose. He plays for St. Lawrence. Uh, he's number 16 on the Saints. And I'll finish up with uh, making a, a silly association to remember that name. Uh, we'll start with number 16. Again, I'm going to make a, a peg word out of that. Remember I said one is T or D, six is the sh or ch or soft C or soft G sound. My peg word for 16 is dish, okay? We can all visualize what a dish is, and we know that dish represents number 16. I see the name Nicholas. That's his first name. It should be obvious. What do I think of when I see Nicholas? I think of Santa Claus, okay? So I think of uh, a person in a Santa Claus suit. That reminds me of Nicholas. Okay, anytime I see the name Nicholas, I associate it with Santa Claus. And then the last name should be pretty easy, right? Wild Goose. Uh, you can visualize go uh, a goose running wild. So, for example, in this picture, I would, I would picture uh, a goose uh, running wild all over the uh, arena, and Santa Claus is throwing dishes at him to try and calm him down and try and stop him from uh, um, running wild. Okay, so that's kind, of, uh, that's kind of the system. And I know it may sound complicated, but trust me, if you, if you learn the phonetic alphabet and then if you uh, put it into play, like I said, it, it takes only a fraction of the time that it takes uh, to explain it than it does to use it. So remember the concept of substitute words uh, making something that is not tangible, tangible, uh, and then just linking everything together. So it's kind of a little bit uh, a combination of linking things together and then using that peg system uh, to try and lock it in. So I hope this has been uh, informative for you. I just gave you a little taste of uh, how I use my memory in uh, sports casting. And of course, there's many different... Uh, ways you can go about memorizing bits of information that you need. But what I just ex explained to you was the most common way that I use uh, memory techniques to help me remember. So I think I'm going to wrap it up here for episode four. 
Uh, we're going to work on getting guests in very soon, hopefully as soon as the next episode, and I certainly hope you can join us uh, next week. Uh, next week I'm going to be up in Orono, Maine, uh, so I will be sure and get uh, my podcast done. We're going to shoot for Wednesday next week to get the next episode recorded. So stay tuned. I'll have more great contact, uh, content for you. And uh, I want to thank you for tuning in to Episode 4, Memory Techniques in Sports Broadcasting. I hope you found it fun, and I hope you'll join me next week when I'll have another edition of Airing It Out, Files from Leahy's Locker Room. Thanks, everybody. I appreciate it, and uh, we'll talk to you next week. Second song, by the way, is Daily's Reel by Matt Keith with the bow ties. We'll see you next week. <laughs>